Hey there. Welcome to More Than a Crush, a podcast about love. Each week, we pick a theme and share a story about one of the many facets of love. We are your hosts. I'm Marion Bolognese, an artist and designer recording from New York. And I'm Kim Berry, a therapist broadcasting from New Jersey. Yeah, so what's our theme again? Oh, let me tell you once again, in case you missed it, everyone, I'm going to use my favorite pun again, boys and ghouls, today's show is our Halloween special for more than a crush. In my head, the working title was, I put a spell on you, a la Nina Simone. Okay, I like that. Or like spooky Halloween. Okay, I like I put a spell on you. Sounds good. I kind of just want to jump right into it tonight. You're ready. I'm ready. I'm really ready. I um I went a little bit of a different route this week, I think. Might not be exactly what you were envisioning, Kim, when you suggested a Halloween episode. So I really hope that I'm not going to disappoint you. You would never, you would never disappoint me. I, I'm always enjoying the content that you bring. And you know what? Thank you, Kim. Actually, it's, it's funny when I was researching, uh, you know, what kept coming to mind in even like my searches was the corpse bride. And I was thinking, I know you between that and the husband in a freezer. I'm like, you've already done right. two fantastic potentials that you just every day is Halloween with you, Mariam. I guess that's just because deep down, I can never get away from my creepy side. <laughs> I even have a follow-up for this one for next year. For, for next Halloween. Oh my gosh, I can't hopefully wait. We're, hopefully we're still recording right. by that. Well, season two, yeah. Um, season two, right. So this might be a little bit out of the box for a Halloween episode, but it's certainly incredibly freaky tale. Ooh. And it involves the afterlife. <gasps> and it's an epic love story. Sign me up. It might actually be... The original love story. The very first. The first love story. Correct. I'm trying really hard not to make a bad religious joke right now. (laughs) I don't want to offend anybody. (laughs) Yes, please. Don't be offended. It's just a story. All Hallows, right? Halloween is originally supposed to be a day dedicated to remembering the dead. Mm -hmm. So let's start at the very beginning. The beginning of civilization in a land... Far, far away from us. Star Wars. <laughs> and in a time long, long ago, 3000 BC. <laughs> On um, the dot. We're going to start <laughs> with Nut, the great mother sky, and Geb, the god of the earth. And their children, Isis, Osiris, Set, and Nephthys. Siblings, but also... Husbands and wives. Lovers. Recurring theme. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Isis and Osiris, brother and sister, had a tremendous love for one another. And they were married by the sun god Ra. And they were blissfully happy. They really just, Kim, they wanted nothing more in the world. Whoa. You just, you slowed down. And then somehow you went into to rapid mode and drank your like it sped up <laughs> you slowed down and then you sped up and drank your tea or whatever you were drinking it's energy juice no that's that's actually that was real time i just i'm so slow <laughs> and then i just pound my tea 
I won't tell you what's in know, it. I'm starting to get, I'm getting a little freaked out. <laughs> the connection tonight is at work. Yeah, the connection tonight, the technology issues that we're having, I think, is very fitting for a Halloween episode. It is. It is. I can't wait till you see my head spin backwards and like crab walk backwards off off camera. I'm I'm actually a little scared right now. (laughs) So we start with the children of Newt, the great mother sky, and Geb, the god of the earth. The children Isis, Osiris, Set, and Nephthys. Sometimes people call them Seth. Siblings, but also husbands and wives. Lovers. 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 Isis and Osiris had a great love for one another, and they were married by the sun god, Ra. (laughs) And they were blissfully happy. They wanted nothing more than to love one another and help others to prosper. It's nice, right? That's fantastic. They're there for each other. They're supporting each other. Yeah. They sat on the throne of Egypt and were worshipped and adored by their people. Civilization prospered under their rule. But, of course, there always has to be a problem. Brother Seth was fundamentally different from his siblings, and he, too, was married to his sister, Nephthys, their sister, all of their sister. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't kind, and he wasn't good, and he didn't long for the prosperity of others. All he wanted was all the good stuff for himself. Greedy, and greedy, was, greedy. Yeah, he was greedy, and he was extremely jealous of Osiris, and he wanted that throne. He wanted the power. So what does he do? He plots to overthrow his brother. He captures Osiris and binds him. When he's fully bound, he places him in a coffin and throws him into the Nile. So we have like recurring themes here with the siblings and also this death in the Nile. I know. The second Um, time it showed up already. Yeah. Yeah. So Isis, who tremendously loved her brother and her husband very much, right, is beside herself with grief. So she transforms herself into a bird and searches endlessly for her beloved husband. Eventually, she finds his body, and she hides it under a sycamore tree next to the Nile, and she visits his body and mourns there. But Seth discovers that she's doing this, and I guess Osiris is just not dead enough for him, and he doesn't even want his sister. And there's a there's debate about what really happened to make him so angry at his brother, Maybe he was in love with Isis, or maybe Osiris had an affair with Nephthys. I don't think any of those things happened. I think Seth was just bad. He was just bad. He's a jerk. Anyway, so. Jerk jerk, brother. Yeah, straight up. Mm -hmm. So what does he do? He cuts his brother up into 14 pieces, and he spreads his remains all over Egypt. So this is terrible. Yeah, that's not cool. Like, you're you're not not dead enough. 14. Spread them out. Yeah, seriously. Jigsaw puzzle. So Nephthys, Seth's wife, is not the villain that he is. And she loves her sister. And she loved her brother, Osiris. And so she helps her sister to find Osiris. And they go all over collecting his remains. Maybe Isis turns into a bird again to find him, to find all the different pieces of her husband. They find nearly all of them. They find 13 parts. Only one part is missing him. Do you know what that one part is? Um, I'm going to guess penis. <laughs> it's the penis. It's the penis. All is found except for the penis. So. 
So they reconstruct Osiris <laughs> with the parts they have, and they use a spell and gold and wax, and they put him together. These two powerful sisters bring their brother back to life. They had not had children, so and they're Isis not going to know Osiris. <laughs> Isis wants to give Osiris an heir, so that Set, you know, has a challenger to the throne. Because I guess even though Osiris is resumed, you know, um, has returned to the land of the living, I don't, he might not be fit. Mm. I don't know. He might be a mummy, you know, Mm. this, this, all of this is the origin for the whole sarcophagus binding. Oh, mummy. Every, all of this is based on the story of Isis and Osiris, by the way. So Nephthys and Isis painstakingly put Osiris back together. And she wants to be able to give him an heir, right? But the penis. The penis is an issue. It is an important um, part of the baby-making process. Or at least yeah, what comes out of it is. In 3000 BC, it was still an integral part. Now it's not really yeah. necessary. But back then, it was... Modern science has allowed us to kind of jump through some hoops that might not make those things as important, but, you know. Right. So Isis uses a fertility spell and the gold and the wax again, and she molds a new penis. And ta-da, it works. She becomes pregnant and she gives birth to Horus. All right. You know, the falcon-headed god Horus, yes. Where there's a will, there's a way, Mm -hmm. right? After the birth of Horus... Osiris, finding peace, ascends to the heavens as divine ruler of the afterlife. Now Horus, as a child, he's a small child. He has nasty set. This reminds me of the Lion King. um, (laughs) Needs to be protected. So Isis keeps Horus away from everyone, keeps him hidden, and protects him, and trains him, and teaches him. And grooms him to be the next king, ruler, pharaoh. And Set looks for him because she suspects all of this. Mm -hmm. But Isis is a badass. We know this already, right? Do not fuck with a mother. She manages to protect him. And she continues to groom him until he becomes a man. When he reaches adulthood, he officially challenges his uncle and seizes the throne. And when this happens, Isis becomes like... The most powerful god in all of Egyptian mythology. The queen mother. The fertility goddess. Clearly. More powerful and more beloved than any other goddess. God or goddess. Endlessly loving, endlessly protective, resourceful, faithful. The mother goddess of the universe. So it's a wild story, right? So much going on. So much magic. Doesn't it remind you of so many other important stories? I mean... I can think of other related origin stories that are similar. Right. A virgin mother, right? Osiris had no penis. This could also be considered an immaculate conception story, right? And there are a lot of parallels in Greek mythology. There are so many stories that are very similar to this. So many pagan type stories and also stories in Christianity. The father sky and the mother earth having these conflicting siblings. Yeah. Right? Cain and Abel. Like, Pretty intense. Brothers, yeah. Brothers being each other up to pulp and whatnot. Isn't Isis also the um, god of art? Not that I know of. Okay. There's a lot of art about her. 
because I remember there was uh, once upon a time when we were choosing names for children, the name Isis was on the table. And I was like, I think that's such a wonderful name. And like, there's so much wonderful things associated with her and her, her being a goddess. And, and then dot, 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 a terrible terrorist organization <laughs> uses the same name. Somehow I didn't even think of that this whole time. I only went to this beautiful story of these, um, it's kind of like beautiful, but also dark story of Isis and Osiris. And it's what not happened halloween at all in retrospect, but... No, but it's like... Hello, we have coffins, we have death, we have mummies. Mummies, yes. Are you kidding me? Like, that... that I am always so fascinated by Egyptian art and the culture around preserving their dead and what that means. And I think that's pretty in line with Halloween. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's interesting to me that so many different cultures have this very, very similar. I mean, I guess it's just that we are so attached to those that we love that we want to believe that there's another, there's a way of keeping them or bringing them back to life or like with our love and devotion, they can carry on in one way or another. Truly. And this is, this is actually the perfect segue. Can I just like go right into mine? Please. Yeah. Okay. Because it's, it's kind of, I think that we have a lot of similarities in our stories tonight. And um, especially based on what you were just saying for my Halloween story tonight, I am talking about the two day cultural festival that draws on indigenous and European traditions Dia de los Muertes, um, or Day of the Dead. Ooh. I mean, I have to say, I've always been really drawn to the artistry that's associated with Day of the Dead. And when we moved sure, to... people. Yeah, are. it's beautiful. And I kind of always was, like, wondering, I'm like, does that make me kind of morbid to be like, ooh, those very pretty skulls and Day of the Dead... But when we moved to the town that we live in now, there's a large uh, Latin American, but particularly Mexican population. And the Arts Council has this huge Day of the Dead festival every year. Well, not not this year, unfortunately. It's all virtual. It's very positive and uplifting and full of joy. And I actually learned a lot writing the story today. So I'm excited to share with you and the listeners. Can't wait. A lot of you probably already know um, that Day of the Dead is not Mexican Halloween. So just like how Cinco de Mayo isn't Mexican 4th of July, Day of the Dead is not Mexican Halloween. Halloween is all like spooky, scary. And maybe if you're between the ages of 18 and 24, it could also maybe be a sad attempt at being sexy. But Day of the Dead is, (laughs) is really two days of like color and culture and life affirming joy. Which is amazing, right? Like two days of that? Yes, bring it. Yeah. And it, it's celebrated in Mexico, mainly in Mexico, throughout Latin America. And family members gather to pray for and remember their loved ones, you know, their friends, their family, young and old. So that's kind of made me just think of what you were saying. Like, you know, you this is an opportunity to like continue those relationships with others through our memories of them and passing that on mm-hmm. from like parent to child uh, as a family tradition. So during this holiday, families welcome back the souls of their deceased, their deceased loved ones for a very a short reunion for food and drink and celebrations. So the way I kept looking at it, I was like, this is very much a holiday that's full of familiar love, which is perfect for a podcast about love and perfect for 
the Halloween episode. Halloween episode. Uh, so according to tradition, the gates of heaven open every October 31st at midnight. Don't be late. Oh, okay. Don't be late. For the first day, the spirits of children can rejoin their families for 24 hours. Then the spirits of the adults, they get their turn on November 2nd. And the day uh, is considered a day of celebration, not a morning. It's interesting because even though, you know, I just keep thinking about like how sad it is to lose a loved one, friend or family, and how culturally that's very different because it is considered really it's uh, in poor taste to be somber and to be sad. And it's, and it's actually considered disrespectful and insulting to the dead to be all like, wah, 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 or day of the dead. That's not what this is about. And part of it is because of this culture and this indigenous heritage. Day of the dead recognizes death as it's a natural part of the human experience, that it's part of this continuum of birth and then childhood and growing up and becoming part of this contributing member of society. And so that actually continues on Day of the Dead. So even if that individual has passed, they're right back with their loved ones still being part of the, the community. Celebrations are actually- That's beautiful. Yeah, right? Very, it's a nice positive spin. Yeah. So celebrations can take kind of a humorous tone. Basically it's like all the party people, they remember funny events and anecdotes about the departed. And the whole reason is that the intent is to encourage visits by the souls so that the souls will hear the prayers and the comments of the living that's directed towards the dead. Honestly, I think this just proves that the dead are just as egotistical and self-centered as the living. (laughs) Because it makes me just think about like how everyone's always like kind of want to eavesdrop and be like, ooh, oh, they're talking about me. What are they saying? They're saying something nice, you know? You want to lean in to hear the good stuff. So make sure we don't speak ill of the dead. And we definitely want to tell some funny stories. And so during the celebrations, the dead are also, like I said, they're part of the community and they're awakened from eternal sleep to share in the celebrations with their loved ones. Kind of a low impact eternity there, huh? (laughs) I know visually what I kind of, what I have come to learn to expect with Day of the Dead, but I learned a lot about kind of like what they represent. One of the central components of the celebrations for the Day of the Dead is the ofrenda, or the altar. And that can be in homes or it can be in cemeteries. And it's one of the most recognized symbols. And every altar, it has four elements, water, wind, earth, and fire. And water is the beverage. So around the altars, you'll see all of these items and they all have a symbolic meaning. So uh, water is a beverage for the spirits to quench their thirst after their long travel back. And it could be like a favorite drink. So you might see like Coca-Cola. You might see this drink called Atole. I might be mispronouncing that. I apologize. Which is like uh, an alcoholic drink from indigenous roots or even hot chocolate. So, but you could even see like more modern day, like booze for the adult spirits and, you know, hot chocolate for the kiddos. Oh, and I learned that apparently after the celebrations, families eat the food that are at the altars, but they're not considered to have any nutritional value at that point because the spirits already like feasted on them. You know, the traditional paper banners that are like cut yes. beautifully. Those are called pepel picado. And that represents the wind. Earth is wrapped by food, especially bread. So you, they definitely could put out different kinds of food, but specifically pan de muerto, 
which is kind of like a mildly orange flavored bread that's circular. And then they have these kind of like bone shapes and then also covered in sugar and has these kind of like little crumbs on the top that are supposed to represent the tears. Candles are for fire and they offer spirits these kind of cardinal directions so that they can find their way. And then of course we have sugar skulls, right? Like I feel like that's a really even popular image these days, kind of ubiquitous with, um, Day of the Dead. And it's not morbid, but they're supposed to be comical. They're supposed to be brightly decorated. People can buy them or make them themselves. They're made out of molds. And you write the names of your loved ones on the forehead on it, and they like have paper flowers on it. I do apologize. I actually did try. I'm on day 220 of my Duolingo Spanish, and my I'm still really, really bad. Guys, I am trying. So please know that I'm not attempting to butcher these Spanish names. I, I swear to God, I, I practiced, and this is... This is just where I'm at. So maybe by our Halloween episode next year, I'll be even better. So we have uh, (laughs) calicas and calaveras, which are skeletons and skulls. They are always like portrayed as enjoying life. And they're often in like fancy clothes or in entertaining situations. Again, because we want to remember the dead as like having a really good time. Other elements on the altar, like marigolds, because marigolds, particularly the Aztec marigolds, because they have a really a much stronger scent, and that's to like help guide the spirits back to the altars. Butterflies are really big. You put photos of your loved ones. If there's a child, they might have toys around the altar, and they use this like copal incense to like cleanse and cleanse the area and bring in the spirits. Something kind of interesting. So I learned the calavera, which is the skulls also means there's like a literary term for it it also means a short humorous poem it's kind of meaning like in reference to like a tombstone epitaph but it's supposed to be kind of like funny and sarcastic making fun of the living and that's a form of literary usage that kind of i guess is derived from a lot of the day of the dead situations and one of the most iconic calaveras is katrina and i i know you already have seen katrina Katrina actually is slang for the term the rich. And she's the fancy lady skeleton with like the big feathered hat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Sure. Um, And she was made famous by Mexican artist Jose Guadalupe Posada in 1910. And Katrina is this is actually like a satirical depiction of Mexican natives who, in Posada's opinion, were trying hard to be these like Euro aristocrats in this pre-revolution era. And Katrina, um, La Katrina's popularity was in like made even more famous. She really blew up after Diego Rivera stepped in and stuck her in the middle of a mural. Uh, the mural, if you're familiar with, it's a dream of a Sunday afternoon along Central Alameda. And he did that in 1947, just like propelling her to fame. And there's Diego Rivera's murals are always right. seeped in, you know, all sorts of symbolism and representation of like history and culture and whatnot. So. I mean, that could be a whole other episode itself. I'm going to, I'm skimming. I'm giving you guys the cliff notes here. But it's interesting because this calavera, the skull, is really tied to a lot of both Spanish history. The, uh, just kind of like this idea of Dance of the Dead, which is tied in a lot of uh, art. But also it's tied to a lot of Aztec culture, um, a lot of pre-Hispanic culture, including the Toltec and the Nahua. And it kind of represents the death goddess. I'm really going to try hard. I'm only going to try to say it once. Moving forward, I'll refer to her as like the death queen or death goddess. 
Mikteleka Chihuati. I apologize, death goddess. She's the bones keeper in the underworld. The queen of Mictlan was worshipped across Mesoamerica and souls they would like descend after they passed like nine layers. It would take four years to get all the way to the end. It was kind of like uh, not going to going to heaven the way like the Spanish Christian version was, but instead was this like underground underworld place that they were taken care of by the queen of death. She watched over them. She took care of them. Regardless, if you were coming from the more European version or even the more indigenous version, the modern day celebration is this national symbol now, and it's taught in Mexican schools. And again, like some of the scholars, there's a lot of debate, you know, is this the indigenous roots? Was it just kind of like rebranded? Because President Cardenas in the 1900s was really trying to encourage this Mexican nationalism. He really was trying to foster, I guess, like maybe almost like kind of commercialize Day of the Dead. Regardless, the tradition has been inscribed into UNESCO's representative list of intangible cultural heritage of humanity in 2008, which, I mean, that's very much reaffirming. The thing that I thought was kind of interesting, you know, it's this mashup of different cultures. But Posada, the, the man who made it, you know, Katrina, very popular, he's something that's quoted to him a lot is this phrase, todos somos calaveras, which means we're all skeletons. Basically, underneath our skin suits, we're all the same. So if you are coming from one cultural background or another, it's an opportunity to celebrate your loved ones, think fondly of them, come together as families. And have a good time. Very cool. Nice way to look at things. I didn't know the the real origins of it. And that, I mean, I, I knew that it was a celebration of the dead for sure. But I didn't know that you weren't allowed to be like glum on that day. And so that must be hard. But. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, but if it's the cultural idea that it's a continual life, it's not over, you know, and that every year right. you get to come back and celebrate with your loved ones and you know, fondly recall them. I mean, yeah, that's, I think from at least the culture that I grew up in, that's, it's very different. Um, Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, it's nice. It's nice to think of it. You have that day to remember everyone. I'd like to, I should resurrect that in this, uh, in in my family, just take the day to just, because I'm not that into Halloween, but I would like to, you know, have a day where you sit, sit and reminisce about people that you've lost that you miss and love and, you know, yeah. hang out with them. Yeah, that they get to come back and hang out with you, too, which, you know, is kind of kind of ghosty. Did you ever see that Disney movie about Day of the Dead? Clearly, I have it. I don't. I can't even think of the name of it. Coco. Never saw. No, neither have I. I should watch that. It's supposed to be beautifully, beautifully done and talking a lot about this tradition. I have to say, learning more about that it is supposed to be a joyous event makes way more sense because I was always kind of like, you're remembering your dead, but like all these flowers and happy faces and bright colors and seemed incongruent, but not if that's the tone. The tone is, yeah, we're having a good time. Yeah, that's excellent. We have speedy stories today. We have stories to share. We do. I was just going to say, this is kind of amazing because we have some fantastic stories to share listener mail yay especially because we just did the fastest episode that we've ever done the fastest exchange of stories that you and i have ever done so perfect (laughs) well we we jumped right in we got we were very excited we did zero banter if you came for the banter you have to wait till like 
30 minutes in. I guess I hope you're all okay. Yeah. I, I hope that, you know, we didn't disappoint. But I think it's interesting. How many stories are we sharing? I have one to share. It's a, it's a quickie. Well, it's, it's interesting because do, 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 do. we both had some very similar, you know, um, just a little bit of a history, like cultural history, social. I feel like we kind of like broke out our old social study books and we like art history books. For today's uh, episode, everyone's going to walk away feeling not only full of love, but full of, of culture. You're welcome. Do you feel smarter? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, I feel smarter. I Every day I feel smarter. I do. <laughs> I just feel like that emoji with the geek glasses and the teeth. Actually. <laughs> can I share? Can I share my little, my little story? Yeah, I'm so excited. This is the most fun. This is what I've been... Listen, people. People. This is what... People listen. This is what I really want. I really want to share your stories. Give Marion what well, she what wants. What I really want is for somebody to propose on the show. But that may or may not happen. Oh, not yet. All in due time. Yeah. We're still working our way through the first season. I mean... Or maybe not even propose, but just reveal that you love somebody. Ooh, a love reveal. Yeah, I challenge. I challenge <laughs> someone out there to reveal that they love someone on the show. So, be, please, be nice carry on, Kim. So, I was actually, uh, I'm not using, uh, to protect the innocent, I got to rename my friends in this, but I actually forgot the great names I had given both her and her beau. Uh, would, you like to, would you care to name? Do you have two good names for me? Sorry, what are their genders? Hmm? What are the people's genders? Man and woman. Man and woman. Um, Sophie, Sophia. Who's Sophia? And Gerald. Sophia and Gerald. Okay. So this came from Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because my go-to, my go-to, like, I think of that as a much older name. And my go-to old man name is always Harold. What if I had accidentally named them by their actual names? Oh my God, the speedy thing just happened and you twirled your hair really fast. What if I had done that? What would you have done? You wouldn't have been able to say anything because if I had said, exactly. if you said that's their real names, you would have revealed it. Exactly. I don't want it to be Gerald. I want it to be Stefan. Stefan. Sophia, Sophia and Stefan. Okay. Yeah. That's really funny because earlier today I was watching uh, episodes of Weekend Update because that was your crush the other week. And I was yes. watching Stefan. It's like, you know, his whole. Oh, Stefan. Stefan, I love him. All right, so this is Sophia and Stefan's. I'm not from Saturday Night Live, but, you know, Sophia's beau. I do know Sophia. I worked with her once upon a time. She's a fantastic human. And when we had posted, we said, you know, share your stories. I think she wrote to something like dot, 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 LinkedIn. And I was like, wait, are you telling me to, like, join? What? Like, what about LinkedIn? And I was like, wait, do you have a story? Tell me. And she goes, and, I'm, and I'll read it verbatim. She goes, it's just absurd. We dated nine years ago in California when I was in a relationship in NYC. Very classy, but lots of big feelings. And we stopped seeing each other after seven months of poetry and secret trips. Ooh, poetry and secret trips. And then out of the blue in June 2018, he messaged me on LinkedIn to quote unquote to say hello. And he was living in Phoenix. And I spend Thanksgiving every year with my family in Phoenix. So we met for coffee in November 2018. And now we are engaged, pregnant, and I'm a bonus mom of a marvelous six-year-old. You just can't plan for these things. And then I wrote, wow, I love it. Where do you all live now? And they are in Connecticut. And he moved to NYC in December of 2019, you know, 
just in time for a pandemic. So now they're all, they're hunkering down their little family. So con- wow. congrats, you two. I love it. Yeah, congrats. That's great. It's kind of like your story, Kim. Similar, but not on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I think, is a new one. I'm like, guys, making those business connections and the love connections. I love it. I love it. Also, I think it's funny because I'm... Awesome, uh, Sophia. Awesome, Yes, and I can't... Good job reaching out, Stefan. I wonder if they'll name their little bundle of joy, Stefan or Sophia. I wonder why those names were in the running. (laughs) Stephania. Gerald. Sofen. Sofen. I think it's good. Stephanie. Good name. Yeah, Gerald. It's definitely going to be Gerald. Wow, that's awesome. That made me really happy to share our first story. And we have more. I have I have journal entries from someone's childhood. Their childhood crushes. That's another good one. Oh my god, I'm so excited for that. And we have we have a couple. We have, we have a couple in store. We have enough to kind of start peppering through many. We've got some really good ones coming up. I'm excited. I'm excited to share it. All right. Well, we can't just blow our watch. No, uh, we gotta um, we gotta space them out a little bit. Be a I'm bit be a bit of a tease. Here. Kim, tell me, what are you crushing on this week? You know what I'm crushing on? Wait, actually, aren't we both crushing on something? I think we're both crushing on our friend's podcast, The Peculiar Picture Show. Hey, this is Brandon from Peculiar Picture Show, the podcast that talks about movies, maladies, and mental health. And this is Maria, also from that podcast. So we were wondering, do you like movies? Do you like mental health? Oh boy, do I ever, Brandon. Well then, I've got a podcast for you. Peculiar Picture Show is the podcast for you because it is about movies and mental health. That's right. We use movies to talk about mental health issues like borderline personality disorder, social issues like systemic racism, and other things. Like how bad Shakespeare in Love was. Yeah, sometimes we just talk about how bad the movie is. And we really talked about that one. But sometimes we have games. Uh, Maria used to be a teacher, and so she loves to quiz people. I really do. So check us out online at PeculiarPicture.show. That's our website, and you can stream all episodes there. Or you can find us on any major podcast channel. They're great. Give them a listen. Now back to you, Kim. I'm crushing on neighbors being neighborly, doing neighborly shit, which I initially started off, like, you know, I was saying earlier, earlier in the week, I was like, ooh, this thing that just happened, this is going to be what I'm crushing on because I'm like loving it. And then another thing happened. And I realized the theme was all, all of it was these like cool ass neighbor stories. So it's kind of like my response is I think like a four parter and I apologize, maybe a three parter. First I had a neighbor who we have like this like email list, this like two block range, I guess four block range. And somebody's like, Hey, I just started roasting coffee. Who wants coffee beans? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll take, I like coffee. Actually, I think they asked if you're a coffee snob. I said, no, but then I specified how I made coffee and I think it qualified as a coffee snob. So I'm kind of excited about that. I guess I'm a coffee snob now. And yeah. this, this dude is making, is roasting these amazing Ethiopian beans. I don't usually drink Ethiopian roasted whatever beans, but I do now. And it was fucking delicious. And I'm really sad because it's almost gone. So Bert, you better be roasting up some more. Then, like a day later, my next door neighbor sometimes will cater and she makes this delicious like barbecue and soul food. And I had asked her, because sometimes she'll do these like pop-up nights in the neighborhood. I was like, Sally, when are you gonna do this again? Please let me know because I can't wait and your food is delicious. She calls me and she's like, Oh, you guys aren't home? 
I just was at your house. I have food for you. And she had this giant bag of barbecue that she made for us and this other family. Cause I guess we were all asking and she makes these things called, well, we just call them Sally's spicy noodles. It's like a rush to the finish because everyone wants to make sure they get their like full three helpings of all the food. It was so like mind blowingly good barbecue chicken, barbecue pork, cornbread, coleslaw, like all the things, all the things, all the things. And then lastly, my next door neighbor just like sends a message and she's like, yeah, my cat's super picky and is a jerk and won't eat these treats. Do you want them? Like, do you want them for your cat? I was like, yeah, sure. And like, my cat loves them. I was just like, love this. Like the neighborhood love and like give and, you know, I, I, we try to, you know, put it back out there and pay it for it also. But like when those three lovely neighborhood things all kind of like zinged out in the same week, it was like, I felt the love. I was like, yes, there's a reason we live here. I love it. It's a good vibe. Thank you, neighbors. Gifts aren't usually my love language, but food is. So, you know, you fed me, you fed my cat. Coffee is a big one in my family, in my, just in my human. I need some caffeine in the morning. I know coffee is not a personality, but it certainly helps fuel what personality I do have. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> so that was, once again, my very long-winded, but seriously, neighbors, all of you out there, do what you can to be a good neighbor. Be the Bert who's roasting yeah, coffee. Right? Yeah. Your cat's a little jerk and won't eat the treat you buy it. Go give it to somebody else. Be kind. Put it out there. And then maybe, who knows, maybe someone's going to be out there crushing on you. How about that? Right. Oof. I'm crushing on. So on Saturday, I went to this antique show downstate um, a little further downstate from us and I was trying to get tickets for it because it was you had to get tickets you know I, I don't know if you normally have to get tickets to it but I maybe just COVID in order to regulate how many people were going to be in the location it was very COVID safe which I appreciate you had to get tickets and they kept on selling out so we you know plans these days are precious more precious than ever and we had plans to go see friends of ours who i really like a lot who live in the same town and we had the most beautiful lunch with our friends Ian and Courtney and their kid who is awesome i like him a lot too magic happened and Courtney made it so that we could get into this <gasps> antique show awesome that had sold had sold out and I got to see my friend Doris, who you know, right, from college, who I haven't seen probably in a minimum of seven years. It's just <laughs> one of those things where, you know, you – she's one of those friends. We were great friends in college. I've seen her a handful of times since I moved to New York. Some people, it doesn't really matter how long you have or have not seen them. It's just always so wonderful yes. to see them again. Yes. And I love her. She's great. She's always doing something amazing. She has a very cool ceramics company now called Lost Quarry. They make really beautiful things. Ooh, send me the link. Can't wait to check it out. Anyway, it was the whole day was great. Crushing on Courtney and Doris. And you get to see people. That's amazing. People. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it was really funny because Doris used to live really close to us, even though we never saw each other and in Brooklyn and Eric likes to make pretend that she's like a figment of my imagination. <laughs> she's like my imaginary friend. And so he's like, oh, yeah, right, Doris. And then Doris and air quotes. He was like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we were going to see Doris. Convenient that we can't oh. get Oh, bummer. We missed her again. Yeah. So it's weird no, your imaginary friends stood you up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. 
I saw the picture that you had snapped. And can I just say, you looked gorgeous in the picture. You are like a little French model these days. Mon petit chou. have to wear a hat, but um, thank you. I had a haircut once where I had to wear a hat. Did I ever tell you about that haircut? No. I had had gone to visit L.A. I was visiting a bunch of people in L.A. And I went out one night to hang out with Gabe, also from college. It was like a college story. Gabe and Jess Wrestler, and we went out and we had way too much fun. And the next morning, I was I was cooked. There was no I was like I can't move, I can't do anything. And I think you're familiar with like Gabe's level of energy. Like oh yeah, <laughs> there's like it's just like a hundred and fifty percent in your face from like the moment he just opens his eyes. He's just like go go go. And he was like, "You're not being hungover on your vacation." we have fun things we're doing and we're doing it. And like, what are we doing? And like, he like makes me a, like a way too strong cocktail to like kickstart. He was like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Winchell's cause you got to go to Winchell's and get some donuts cause you're in LA. And then we're going to go to Rudy's and cause I need a haircut. So you're going to come with me and you're going to get a haircut. And if anyone's familiar with Rudy's, I think that's more of like a West coast thing. It's like these like hipster haircuts for 20 bucks. I don't know. It. Are you familiar with you get what you pay for? <laughs> Yeah, that I'm very familiar with. And I, I mean, not that I've partaked in uh, beverages so much that I can say I've recently had this effect, but in the past, uh, when I have too much fun, I wind up not being able to really talk very much the next day. It's just kind of like a... Couldn't articulate your needs? No, no, it's just like I'm like hungover and I just have this like veil of silence that comes over me. And I just like sit there and like take it all in, which... Probably really entertaining for people that know me and know that that's not usually the case. And I sit down at this woman's booth, like the chair, you know, like station. What do you call that? The hairdresser's booth. Booth. Yeah. Station. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And she's like going, she has this like crazy haircut. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, she's like, what do you think? What do you want? Give me yours. I'll take that one. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Like, whatever. I don't care. It's like, who says that? Who goes to a new hairdresser they've never met before? But like, I don't know. I don't care. Do whatever. And she's like playing with my hair. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give you just another LA haircut. Like I just, ugh, everyone just has the same LA haircut. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? So ever I have very fine, straight, untextured hair. I'm like a fair amount of it, but like, there's not, there's no texture. It's very straight. And she basically gave me kind of like a modern day mullet, like the top of my head had only about two inches of hair and it was highly layered. And then the, she took zero off the length. So it was like past, like, I don't know, like brawl line. <laughs> was this? I would say like the winter after we graduated, but thankfully then at one point I finally was like, yeah, I mean, I live in Boston. Which I, I mean, I did at that time. And she's like, Oh, then I could have given you an LA haircut. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. She styled it so it looked pretty cool initially, but then, like, I didn't know how to style that. And I had to go home and, like, cut off four inches from the bottom just to, like, start to make the layers make sense to the rest of my head. And I, I mean, thankfully, I I worked in, like, a weaving studio. So I just could wear a knit cap in Boston in the winter. Like, so I could literally just wear a, a, a cap, like, for months. It grew out beautifully. I have to say, as that haircut grew out, it was phenomenal. Um, and anytime I went to like an art school party thereafter, people were always like, nice haircut. And I'm like, thanks. I fucking look crazy. 
Well, my, the girl who cut my hair killed it. She did, I, she did, like, a really good job. It was exactly what I asked for, showed her pictures of, wanted. It's just my head is underneath it. It just doesn't work for me. I need I need to not have – I think my days of baby bangs are over. Mm. I think that's the real problem, just the baby bangs. Well, the good thing about baby bangs is they'll be gone in the sense that they'll just be regular bangs in, like, a matter of weeks, right? Yep. Hopefully. All right. Well, my sweet friend. Marion, I hope that you just have a glorious day. Oh, I hope that you have a glorious day, Kim. It's going to be the best day. I feel good. I hope you. Someday we should actually record early in the morning. That might be cool. When I have all that coffee just personality? A challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would have been good for Halloween. The good for the Halloween episode. <laughs> oh. Scary. Well, I, I hope all of you have a fantastic rest of the time period that exists in your life after listening to today and that you're filled with love and, oh, sure and your cute history. Halloween couples outfits with us. Oh, gosh. Yes. Do you have any good couples costumes? Yeah. Me? Yeah. No. <laughs> I've never gotten Eric to dress up with me. You know what? Or we wear couples costumes all the time, but just in everyday life. I feel like you're just rubbing it in. Dude, we have a lot of matching outfits. I'm not going to get any further into this. You know, we, we have our red suits. Mm-hmm. We have matching moo-moos. I love it. I know. You're just rubbing yeah. it in. We have uh, couples. Hashtag couples sweaters. goals. <laughs> Is it? Or no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> There's all different ways to share your love and affection and like show it and express it. And I think matching moo's is a way to do it. And you know what I think also what counts because it doesn't have to be a couple's like romantic couples costume, group costumes, because you in the Madonna's that was that was kick ass. Madonna's was a great day. It was a great day. And we Yeah, there's all kinds of love. Yeah. Love lady love. One year we went as like a squad of pirates. Oh, oh, hello. How about our very scary couples? Our clowns. That was the best Halloween of all time. And Debbie's amazing. Again, yes. There's so many good Halloween costumes. I can't. There were a lot of good Halloween costumes at that party. Masako and Natalie were so incredible. Oh my gosh! Like whatever they, whatever the fuck they were. I don't even know what they were, but they were awesome. Yes, they they, with those vials. Yes, they had booze. Came in costume, had booze. Although I have to say, yeah. good job, Natalie. Once upon a time was much better with the couples' costumes than than we are these days. Oh, you did that amazing one! Woo, that was great. Uh, yeah, I have to say, the Marilyn Monroe. The Marilyn Monroe one was was pretty good. The senator was Andy Warhol, and I was the Marilyn Monroe from the pop art you one. Beautiful. I was, was very good. I was very pink good. and yellow and turquoise. Although I've recently been talking more about the year that we were Slatch and Axel. That was a good one. Oh, right. I, I kind of forgot about that. The winner of the couple's Halloween costumes, though, is always, in my mind, Sandy and John. Wayne and Garth? Yes! I was, Wayne and Garth. I was just going to say that I was like, as much, I, they just, I don't understand how Sandy is such a pretty lady, but also then it looks exactly like Garth. That's what like I was Garth. just going to say. She's so beautiful, but, I mean, she really just turned into Garth that night for that night can they do guys can you do that again please do it again this year please yeah, oh my do gosh it. do it every year every year do it for my birthday every year <laughs> <laughs> you i support a dress-up birthday party <laughs> <laughs> so yeah everybody share with us what is your couple tag us 
Tag us in your pictures, yeah. your couple costumes, more than a crush. That would be amazing. Hey, how about this? We need some good motivation to get some of our merch out. Um, if you tag us, we'll we'll send you guys stickers. We'll send you something. We'll send you stickers. Yeah. How about that? How Sounds about like that? Plan. Guys, we love you. And Mariana, love you, too. Love you. Guys, girls, non-binary, gender fluid. Everyone. Pets, my plants, all of you. Thanks for tuning in. You've heard from us, and we'd love to hear from you. Do you have a love story to share? Looking for some advice at the love variety? Reach out on email, morethanacrushpodcast at gmail.com, and find us on Instagram. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Special thank you to Natalie Joachim, who composed our theme music. We're so appreciative, Natalie. Thank you. We love you.